Welcome to Americana One. This is Ken Paulson. This has been a great spring for Americana music, most notably at the Grammys. It is so good to see the kind of recognition that Brandy Carlisle and Casey Musgraves had this time around. I mean, they dominated. And it's so refreshing because it's been so long in coming. I, I think I've been involved in Americana music at least uh, since it's had that name. And if I go back to my very, very, very early years as a, as a music critic of the <laughs> 1970s, you know, Chris Christofferson was one of the people who was on my turntable. So I feel like Americana music has been there my whole life. But it's only now that the world is going, wait, this is special. This, is, this has an identity unto itself. And, and seeing, uh, for example, Brandy Carlisle perform on, on the Grammys and then be honored repeatedly as a songwriter and an artist, uh, it's just so gratifying. I think I saw her first probably seven or eight years ago on the Kayamo Fest, and it was just so clear, her talent, her songwriting, everything was, was first rate, and you knew that she deserved to be huge. But I don't think any of us thought she could ever be as prominent as she is today and certainly at this recent Grammys Award. And then you talk about Casey Musgraves, sweet, unassuming, smart, does music her way. And a lot of people who do music their way, it doesn't end up being being award uh, award winning. It's really tough to be individualistic and she kind of defied all the expectations, including the most recent album, you know, which was recognized as the album of the year being almost incandescent. It, it doesn't fit in any specific category. You could argue that at one time it was pop. You could argue that it's somehow rock. And you can argue, because there are banjos present, that uh, Casey Musgraves is a country artist. But uh, pretty soon we sort of just need to call all this Americana. It is not modern country by any means. It is rich, rewarding music, and uh, and it all fits under this marvelous tent. And I'm so pleased to have an affiliation with WMOT, which is, is really a place where uh, especially Nashville-based artists can come and talk about their music and their art and why Americana is making such a difference in the American music scene. So I will now get off my soapbox and talk to you about Who's coming up? We've got a guy named Michael McDermott. I've known his name forever, and shame on me for not pursuing his music earlier. But he was on the bill at the Americana, uh, excuse me, not the Americana, the 30A Songwriters Festival, which is a veritable Americana festival. Uh, A lot of favorites from the genre are there. And uh, had a great opportunity to talk to him. You'll find him self-effacing. You'll find that he's candid about... The struggles he's had with addiction, but as you'll note, he doesn't he doesn't let it kind of drive his his persona uh, or his art. And then after this conversation, I saw him on stage, and you know, just he's a rocker, he's a folk artist, he's all those things, but he's a really dynamic performer on stage. So um, here's our conversation with the very impressive Michael McDermott. Yeah. 
We're delighted to welcome Michael McDermott. Thank you for so much for being oh, with us. Oh, it's totally my honor. After I read up on you, I was much more excited. <laughs> well, I am, uh, I'm excited to talk to you. You've got a, a great body of work, and you've been at this for, let's think about this. Yeah. This is like your near 30th anniversary. Th- yeah, right? it is. I mean, like uh, before there was an Americana. Yeah. You know, I was doing a, that's this kind of music when the Dead Sea was only sick. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> you, you must be good. That's all <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. All I can I, yeah, I've stuck around. You know, like I figured it was like, you know, because I've had a lot of ups and downs, and I figured, like, it was like I was invited in this really cool party early when I was a kid, and then I went outside for a smoke, and they locked the door, and then I couldn't get back in. But if you hang around long enough in the backyard, they're just going to get yeah. annoyed with you and let you back in. <laughs> so that's good. Well, we're talking to Liv- Livingston Taylor a little bit later today, and, and here's a guy celebrating his 50th year, oh. you know, as a professional guy. Going back in the beginning, he was doing covers of the Kinks and Trio. So, you know, <laughs> wow. I guess longevity is yeah, relative, it does, right? Yeah. So, uh, one of the the things that intrigues most about your career is honestly the truthfulness of it. Mm. I mean, you, you've had some life challenges, yes. and you laid it all right out there on your last album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was that a natural thing to do? I, I, uh, I it wasn't uh, wasn't a conscious decision, but it was something that. Really, I had nowhere else to turn. I had kind of burned everything down to the ground. So, like, to try to do something that I thought people would like was was kind of over for me. I'd tried that so long. I'd chased my tail around the front yard for so long that uh, I, I really thought when I put out Willow Springs that, uh, you know, it was just another record. And uh, so the fact that people really gravitated towards it just showed that people appreciate authenticity. Right. And I think that was my most, because I, I was just beaten down and I was yeah. at the end of my rope, really. And Out From Under also talked about addiction. Yeah, and, sure. And uh, is, is that therapeutic? It, uh, I think it helps. It's like, I don't want to be a bore about it, because, right. you know, I have to catch myself like enough with the 12-step inferences, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, you know, because it's, it's so part of my life and a, yeah. f- part of my framework that it's hard not to, it's, you know, I got to get back to business. You know. It doesn't make for dance music at all. No. no. <laughs> but, you know, Pete Townsend had a great line. He said, there's nothing wrong with dancing with your eyes open, which I always thought that meant, you know, you could be thoughtful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So um, I, I have to tell you, having read a little bit up about you, I love that your Wikipedia entry <laughs> chronicles every professional sports team you've ever sung the national anthem for. Well, I don't know who does the Wikipedia thing. I have tried to change it, and then that whoever has it changes it back. <laughs> I can't well, even tell my own narrative anymore. As a as a fellow son of the south side of Chicago, I've, I was ecstatic that you sang for the White Sox, even though I know you're even a Cubs I mean, fan. I know. I know. I know. You're and a man of such great character, and yet that. Yeah, I know. And they treat you much better at uh, at the cell. Yeah, they, they do. do. They, they give do. you all the nice accoutrement and, and uh, the Cubs, you know, they you don't never know where you're sitting. They don't give you anything. For those of you who are not from Chicago, uh, this gentleman grew up where you actually are required by state law to be a White Sox fan. <laughs> you are. It's a neighborhood you actually have to be a Sox fan <laughs> for. Uh, you have, uh, we're having this conversation at the 30A Songwriters mm-hmm. Festival. Uh, and it, you wear two hats. You're a performer and you're a, a songwriter. Yes. Is, is Does one give you more joy? Well, you know, I started just as a musician. I mean, it, it is about the music, really, which I sometimes need reminding of, you know, because I'll play with my wife, and it's just great being a guitar player, man. I just love it. Because then there's... She's an artist as she well. Is, yes, Heather Lynn Horton. She's amazing. And so I could just play, you know, sing some harmonies and you know live out my keith richards fantasy <laughs> oh that that's where the addiction thing see, comes see, in see i got I see. everything but the success actually you should have just modeled yourself after charlie watts so 
<laughs> Much better place to be. Yeah. You have a new album coming. I do. Uh, coming out in a few weeks called Orphans, which is just kind of a collection of songs from Willow Springs and Out From Under that didn't make it. And, you know, those records were kind of... Uh, um, kind of real cohesive pieces and there were things that I songs I really liked that just didn't make sense with it and usually I just you know those songs that you f record for a record and they don't make it they disappear and they're just gone because for good reason you know but these were songs that kind of like still I would play on the road and, and I think you know people would ask hey is that song available I'm like no nah, it didn't make it you know and I ended up doing so many outtakes that people thought why don't you put those things out you know tell me about one of the orphans uh, one of the orphans was uh, the song Sometimes When It Rains in Memphis. And Memphis was a time of mine that uh, was a very hopeful time. And Memphis is not a good city if for a man of weak moral fiber. <laughs> you know, and I think it was, it, a lot of my corruption happened in Memphis. So I was down there for years and years and uh, got in a lot of trouble. And, uh, and it, But the point was, is that when the record didn't happen, because I had these great batch of songs, we were very excited, we are a new record company. And uh, when the record didn't happen, you know, everybody kind of leaves, and then you're st stuck standing there yeah. by yourself. Yeah. And, and that really uh, led to my spiral, I think, mm -hmm. you know. And there was a lot of madness around then, you know. I had this crazy girl lit the hotel on fire, and, uh, um, and then she, she threw a cat, a dead cat on a brick, tied it to a brick and threw it through <laughs> my window. And uh, I had to hire a private <laughs> investigator, which I always wanted to do. So that was kind of cool. But uh, oh, but she went away eventually. What online dating service were you using? <laughs> this was before <laughs> that, that went really wrong. Yeah. You, do, you do have me sitting here thinking, what city would be good for somebody of low moral fiber? Salt Lake City is the only thing I can Salt, come up. You know, I could tell you stories about Salt Lake City. But I won't. <laughs> so many things I wanted to show you, but sometimes when it This new album, which is a collection, yeah, uh, coincidentally enough, has some ge geographic songs. It does. It so has, you got Memphis, and give me another I, city. I, uh, Los Angeles was another place I lived that I, you know, was pretty much kicked out of. Um, so yeah, so th those cities of you know, there's they're su seductive in their ways. You know, Memphis had this kind of thing about it. In Los Angeles, you know, that was early when I was, you know, th there with money and you know the smell of you know success and you know those things just for a guy like me it's just not good places mm -hmm. you know so that's why i'd retreated to a place like willow springs until you find the police chief was in prison for murder but you know that's a whole different story so this is los angeles a long yeah. time ago yeah don't know what i was thinking it's hard to say now i know but that was
So one of the things we just touched on briefly, but I want to circle back, uh, and we touched on it before we began our formal conversation, but talking about music with meaning and messages mm. and how rare that is today. Yeah. Uh, it just We live in this polarized political time, and yet people who write the truth, as you do, and, and singers and songwriters across the country seem not to be jumping in too deep into that pool, except for Will Hogue, yeah. uh, who, who's over the top. Yeah, he, right. He cannonballs he right in there. He committed to it. Yeah. And that's, the, yeah, like, and, and you know about this. It, it takes real commitment. And I wonder if the, the throwaway song, of, you know, political song, people smell that. They sniff that out. Because I've written those songs, and I knew I didn't believe myself. You know, you get angry, you write this song one day, but then you, I don't buy that. Yeah. So it's really you have to make the commitment, and Will did, you know. And I'm surprised. You know, I'm just curious to. See, I don't I haven't followed up to see how it was received or anything, but I'd be curious. Yeah. Well, there's you know there's a lot of protest songs that live on that people have forgotten are protest songs. I mean, Fortunate Son would be one. Right. You know. Sure. I have a hunch a lot of the 18 year olds hearing that have no idea right. about right. about what that that really is about. But yeah, because people say you know on social media like where are the protest singers? Well, we're yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't always have to be like in your face. Right. I'm writing about a treaty. Right. <laughs> you're just right. right. That would you're saying something yeah. about the real world at any given time. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think and I think more people will. You know, every time I see stuff, you know, I'll be like. I, who was it? Just somebody the other day. It was like they have a new political record out, and and you know I'm not smart enough to talk politics in the weeds of it, but I know how people feel, and I know the right. politics of the soul really, and that's all you really need to know is just how human behavior. I think I'm pretty good at that, right. and so the the ones I have, you know, but then you make any kind of allusion to a president, you know, and but you know I'm mad because the Cubs won the World Series. Four days later, Trump was elected. I had four days to celebrate life as, <laughs> in a, as a different place. And I'm pissed off. I only had four days. That's well, as a White Sox fan, I just had a bad fall, so, <laughs> so I'm not. But I was I'm happy not for the Sox, though. Yeah, that was a yeah. great day. I remember I watched that game. That was awesome. That, that, that was. was so I'm sure it comes up in every interview because it's so unique, and it's amazing it didn't kill your career. That the world's foremost horror writer thinks the world of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want Springsteen to speak up for right. you, right? Right. No, I don't know because, you know, there was kickback. I remember that, you know, that um, the label was so excited that he wrote this glowing thing and they sent it to every journalist and they were like, so what? Yeah. You know, like, because they're just frustrated writers anyway. Yeah. And so then I'm not going to, this guy's going to tell me who this guy's great. Ah, fuck. You know, so I think that, I think it didn't necessarily work out to my Oh, advantage. I don't know. It's, he, he wrote one of the, the, best written testimonials yeah. I've ever seen. It's like I, When I read it, I couldn't believe it was true. Yeah. I literally thought I was hallucinating. That, that's great. Well, you know, everybody, the world is full of people of accomplishment who find that one artist who touches their soul. Yeah. And you happen to have gotten yeah. through to I Stephen got a good King. One. That's a, that's I a hooked great a good one. one. So I'm hoping that now that you are approaching, we decided almost 30 years, yeah. that this is just on your way to 50. Yeah, I'm making up for lost time, I think, you know, because uh, it's amazing that I was even able to, you know, afflicted as I was to even m produce the records, you know. Uh, it, they're kind of a blur, and uh, that's the only thing I'm ashamed of is that I didn't, wasn't more um, reverential with what it is I do. And, I, uh, you know, that, I'm ashamed of that. Oh, you can be proud of your body of work. Thank you. Michael McDermott, thank you for the thank time. Thank you very much. Great it's conversation. Our thanks to Michael McDermott for talking to us here at the 30A Music Festival. We have to tell you that uh, his story reminds us of just how tough it is to be a successful singer-songwriter. It takes persistence. It takes talent above all else. This is a man who's been at it, as we say, for a couple of decades. 
uh, and he continues to have that passion for the music, and we celebrate that. I want to remind you that uh, on WMOT, we have um, a terrific stable of shows that that will inform and entertain you about Americana music, and also check out the podcasts and the apps. So the entire radio station can be found right there on the Roots Radio app, available to everyone all across the country and all around the world. And also, we have a brand new podcast called Americana One, recapturing these shows and available in perpetuity. Also, want to remind you that we'll be here again next week with another fascinating conversation with a talented artist. Please join us then on Americana One.